News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good Saturday morning, Tri-State, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. I am Mark Hespin. This is On the Mark, brought to you by the amazing people of Cunis Country, Honda Hyundai, and their complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty, Faith Family Giving Back. That is Cunis Country. Go check them out at 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you. Join the Cunis family like I have myself. You will not regret it. Uh, this is episode 57 of On the Mark. Thank you for last week. Uh, let me take a little bye week. Uh, you know, celebrate the birthday, take a bye week. It was nice. It was lovely. And uh, I'm excited to be back in studio, especially after Thursday night. I mean, you, if you listen to the show, you know, diehard, diehard Bears fan. And so, of course, Thursday night was a uh, it was an interesting night. It was a roller coaster of the night. And uh, let's just get the show started. Let's not waste any time. Uh, you know what Hespin headline number one is going to be, so let's just jump into it. Hespin's headlines on the mark. The Bears are four and one. I'm not apologizing, but I'm not throwing a party yet. I'm not just going to just throw a party yet. L- listen, I mean, you can only beat the teams you play in front of you, and and so far, the Bears against competition that we now believe is quality NFL competition, right? Teams that are, are are good NFL teams from what we've seen so far in the season with winning records against the Colts. It was a lot of poop. They were competitive. It was in the game. They weren't blown out by any means, but it was pretty poopy. It was bad. Offense absolutely horrendous. Defense played okay. Couldn't get a win. And then against a very good Tampa team, not all that different, but they found a way to win the game. So against... Competition that we know or we believe, or at least early on, a quarter way through the season, is good competition. The Bears seem to be playing good enough football to be in those games or win those games. So that's a positive sign. I'm not going to take anything away from that. You can't. We got to we got to just see what's on the field. We can keep looking at the roster, right? Or you can keep saying, "Well, there's just no way they can't be that good." I predict them to be three and thirteen. So how are they four and one? It's okay. Well, I predict them to be ten and six. So I I saw four and one coming. Now, as you all know, I certainly didn't see all the other things to go along with it. Right, the the Mitchell Trubisky being benched, uh, the Foles playing amazing in the second half against Atlanta, uh, like garbage uh, against Indy, and then like okay against Tampa. So uh, let's let's just take a step back and focus in. What was some of the good that happened, obviously, in the Thursday night win for the Chicago Bears? Well, there was a lot of good. Uh, Foles, uh, overall, fairly efficient, 30 of 42. Uh, it, it was a horrible start. And uh, and if you follow me on Twitter, at Mark Hespin, which I encourage you to do, if you like listening to the show and you like, uh, 
hear my thoughts on sports and interacting with me. It's a great way to do it. At Mark Hespin on Twitter, M A R K H E S P E N. My, I, I am a I, when a bear when the Bears are playing, I'm a I'm a tweet pretty much like every other play, right? I want instant reaction. What was that? Holy holy bleep! That was amazing. Or holy bleep! That was awful. I'm an instant reaction. A lot of poop emojis early on and puke emojis for the first quarter and three quarters of the second quarter. It was bad offensively. It was very bad. Uh, that throw, that really bad miss throw that uh, Foles had to Allen Robinson, brutal. The Robinson toss-up ball interception uh, I thought was a bad throw. A-Rob, uh, he prides himself on making those plays, uh, like he said with the Trubisky interceptions earlier in the year when it's kind of the jump ball and he didn't come down with it. He prides himself on making those plays. He didn't, and uh, so uh, I-, I think that one was a little more on Foles than it was A-Rob, but either way, and then, uh, and then he gets going, right? And it gets going, Foles and the offense get going after the defense for the Bears makes the big play. Kyle Fuller, uh, the game-changing play, textbook hit. And I love that the referees, uh, they did what they did. Because too often you see in NFL games, right, what happens? The refs blow a play dead, and then they can't challenge it. I'm all for, even if from the naked eye, it's pretty clear that it was a forward pass and not a fumble or something like that. Let the team, what, let whatever team recover, swallow those whistles, then go back and fix it if it's wrong. But, you know, like we saw in the Patriots game against Kansas City, if you blow things dead, then you don't have a chance to get it right. With the Mahomes, it was clearly a fumble. He wasn't down, uh, and uh, the Patriots don't get the ball then, and, and Kansas City keeps the ball, keeps the momentum. Uh, so I'm all for uh, refs letting things happen. So I thought the refs handled that Kyle Fuller play perfectly. In full speed, watching the game, you see that hit and your reaction is, ooh, holy smokes. The ball comes out, and Bears immediately cover it. Get the ball. So it's a, we have an immediate recovery. They throw the flag, which I'm okay with, because immediately you think to yourself, there's got to be some helmet to helmet there, right? The refs talk. They review, no helmet to helmet, textbook hit. And not only that, in the review, then they realize, wait a minute, this was a catch and a fumble. It's Bears ball. That changes the momentum of the of the game completely. And the Bears are the type of team, and teams are built in certain ways. Some teams don't need this. Other teams do. The Bears are a type of team that needs the defense to make a play like that to keep themselves in games, to give their offense opportunities, because the offense, frankly... Uh, especially that point in game was absolute poop. So somehow then we're at the end of the second quarter. The Bears have a 14-13 lead. Uh, Tampa dominated time of possession. They were moving the ball very well. Uh, but the Bears' bend, don't break defense, which I'm talking about in here in just a second, holds them to field goals. And then in the second half, it really was a lot of Bears. Uh, the uh, Again, the Tampa Bay killed themselves with penalties. The Bears, I look back at my tweets throughout the game, uh, as I was preparing for the show, and you know, my instant reaction, you start to realize, man, oh man, how many times the Bears get lucky that Tampa was shooting themselves in the foot with drives and then had to settle for field goals or even punts because they could not get themselves uh, going because of penalties. So many, I think 11 penalties, almost 100 yards of penalties. Uh, the Bears benefited from a, a, a Tampa team that uh, this is their kind of MO right now, or at least early in the season. They are penalized. They commit penalties. And uh, the Bears uh, capitalize on that. So 
hold them to field goals. Foles makes the throw. All of a sudden, the Bears uh, come out and win with the with the with the field goals themselves. And you can't apologize, and I won't apologize for winning that game, being four one. And and with Nagy, I heard a lot of uh, the the talk, you know, throughout the week. Hey, why not? Why throw the ball? Run the ball? Only give Tom thirty seconds. I mean. Yes and no. Uh, the end result, it ended up being okay. I think he trusts his defense there, even with the amount of time uh, that you left with Tom Brady with a minute left. They only had the one timeout. Tom is no longer going to beat you over the top type guy. I think if it, um, certainly if it was a Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers, guys who still have that arm talent, the offensive talent to beat you over the top like that, uh, to get a huge chunk play very shortly, you definitely have to. I'd, I'd question even more. You have to uh, run the ball there and settle with the field goal. I, I don't mind the Bears being aggressive there either, also because their offense was moving it well. Foles was hot at that point in time. And listen, this Bears offense, you're, they're not going to get many chances to be hot and make and, and try to move the ball into even a better chip shot range. Or honestly, at this point in time, with the kicking game the way it is for the Bears historically the past couple of years and where it is right now, I think we all sadly trust the Bears offense to maybe score more than even the the kicker. And if you get a touchdown there, if you could put a touchdown on the board, that really seals the game. So I don't want to roast Nagy too much for that. And it did end up working out for the Bears anyways. So there's a lot of good there, right? We unpack a lot of good. The Bears' defense holds Tampa to only 19 points, two field goals in the second half. Uh, you know, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of good, right? Foles, when he gets hot, looks really good, and this offense does click. The other things I thought was good there is that the is Foles seems to know what he wants to do with the football. He seems to know what he wants to do with the offense now. He's not always very good at doing it. There's that bad, bad deep ball to Mooney early in the game. Uh, the bad interception, the interception I fault him. He's so immobile. Uh, there's times where you, you, you lose, you miss that with Mitchell Trubisky where there's not a lot of extending of the plays and, and pop plays in that regard. But we saw it with Foles even arguing with Nagy on the sideline. And I think this is one of the good things about this is because Nagy is as opposed to imposing his offense on Foles. Foles seem to be like, no, 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 let me do my thing. I know what we should be doing. Let's keep going. Hurry up, hurry up. When Foles was in that hurry up and you saw him then take the sack after the Bears don't, you know, Nagy forces the uh, the uh, change of, of position players and he makes a personnel change and then the Bears get the sack drive stalls to kick the field goal early in the second half. I love then Foles going to the sideline arguing even more with Nagy, saying, hey, if we were moving, I was liking what I was seeing in those moments. Let me keep going with that. So lots of positives, and the Bears, to be honest, to their credit, are finding ways to win games, which a lot of other teams are not doing. So for whatever that's worth, it's a positive at least early on in the season. Still obviously very early. But getting to that fourth win in five games, being 4-1, and one, sets the Bears up very nicely to continue what I predicted to be a wild card run for this team. Now, where is the bad? And there's a lot of bad. And the bad, let's start with the offense. Th the third quarters are still pathetic. This Through five games, the Bears' offense has still only scored zero points in the third quarter. Yeah, can I, I'll repeat that for you. Zero points in five third quarters. 
And that is a reflection purely on Nagy. Because it's it to me it's saying what where are the adjustments? What aren't you seeing or what aren't you saying and doing to why can you not get out to a better starts in the third quarter? That's the mark of good coaches coming out in the third quarter, re-scripting some plays. Hey, this is what we've seen. This is what we like. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. And uh, Dan Weeder, he's a great follow on Twitter, and he tweeted this out, and I think this is so, so important. He said, over the to the naked eye over the past three years with Nagy, it has felt like precision with the Bears is required for this offense to work. And Nagy talked about it in his, pro, in his press conference on Friday, that the details aren't there in the offense. And I think this could be starting to see a reflection on Nagy of maybe why are there so many details? And if after three years you're not getting the details, is that then a reflection on you saying, hey, cut out some details? Because listen to this. The Bears now 23 times in 38 games under Nagy. Nagy's coached 38 games as a head coach. 23 times. Now, he's an offensive guy, so well over 50%. A Nagy-led Bears offense has not gotten to 21 points in a game. That is bad. That is very bad. Think about how good this Bears team could be if they could consistently score in the 20s uh, over 21 points a game. As you see what this defense is able to do against a Tom Brady-led offense. Now, I know you'll say there's no Godwin. O.J. Howard's out. But there was Gronk. Jones ran the ball over 100 yards. He was effective. And Evans played. Now, if Evans isn't 100% healthy, it doesn't matter. He did play. So, that's all not good, right? That is all obviously not good. You can't score 21 points over. And then finally, I want to end on this bend-don't-break defense. And the running game, especially. You know, let me start with the running game, then we'll go to the bend-don't-break defense. When I say, if you follow me on Twitter a lot, and I'll say, run the ball. Why aren't we Why aren't we struggling to run the ball? Where is the running game? I do not mean, I want it to be very clear, I do not mean get in the eye formation and pound the rock. That is a nightmare. And that is not a key for the Bears to win this, these games, successfully win games uh, with Foles, Trubisky, whoever's playing quarterback. David Montgomery is a very talented back. We saw that in the game. If you watch the Thursday night game, you see it. Catching balls out of the backfield, wheel routes, getting him in space. Now, that doesn't mean, in my opinion, space meaning like, oh, just throw bubble screens and things behind the line of scrimmage. The Bears need to be able to effectively run the ball out of shotgun. Foles wants to be in shotgun. Nagy's offense works primarily better out of shotgun. As you see it with Patrick Mahomes, they have got to find ways to run the ball out of shotgun. Be clever with their running game and keep getting him in space. Do the funny trick-behind-the-line stuff and that stuff with Cordell Patterson and Tariq Cohen. That's fine. Get Montgomery on these wheel routes. Run those routes. Get him into space with the ball, running the ball with zone reads and things out of the backfield. they got to establish that run. They have to have more than 35 yards rushing if this offense wants to uh, get to the playoffs and continue on this 4-1 and one start. Okay, now here's my problem with the bend-don't-break defense. The bend-don't-break defense hurts the Bears' offense, so let me explain. 
while yes, that mean, the bend no break defense only gives up 19 points to a Tampa uh, a Tam Brady led Tampa Bay offense, which is fantastic. And if the Bears can hold a good offense like that, or like they did with the the, the Colts last week with Phillip Rivers, if they can hold them to that. The Bears should win games. The problem with the bend no break defense is it's bending. What bending means and not breaking is breaking is giving up points. Bending means, though, time of possession. They're key, they, they can't get off the field enough on third down. Got to find a way to create those turnovers like you did with Kyle Fuller a little bit more. Be a little more aggressive, a little less bendy. Give your offense more chances to stay in rhythm and short fields. So it's, and I know that's asking, again, that's asking a lot from a defense that is mainly the reason you're four and one, anyways. But until this offense clicks more, and that may not be till next year with the new quarterback or whatever it may be, but until the offense clicks more, I'd rather see the Bears be more, a little more aggressive, a little less bendy, and try not to break on top of it. I know I'm asking a lot, but your four and one team will take it. Not too, not too shabby. Get some rest. Get ready for next week. And a side note: I love, love, love that the next time an angry Tampa Bay team plays, now they feel like they should have won that game. They're mad at themselves. Is next week against Green Bay? Green Bay. <laughs> Because an angry, angry Tom Brady, I love that as uh, we're trying to get ready and uh, see Green Bay lose some games as a Bears fan. All right, Hesman headline number two. Hesman's headlines on the mark. You listen on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Hespin. Follow the show on Facebook on the mark KHMO on Facebook. Brought to you by Cunis Country. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. The NBA Finals, Lakers now up 3-2. to two. Uh, I predicted before the series started, the Lakers in six. So this is, uh, I was expecting them to lose two games, so I'm not going to panic. I, I uh, feel that the Lakers still will win this series. It may now go seven um, because of the way, uh, with the Anthony Davis tweak of the injury, LeBron has still been playing absolutely incredible. Uh, he deserves zero, zero hate for making that pass to Danny Green at the end of the game, in my opinion. Um, I think that was the right basketball move. He was wide open. Danny Green is a veteran who's hit big shots before in big finals games for Toronto and San Antonio. I know he's struggling this series, but um, I, 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 he, that to me, is still the right basketball move. I still feel like because of AD and LeBron, the Lakers will win a fourth game before the Heat will. Uh, I want to, before I talk about the Heat and Jimmy Butler, also say I think it's really sad a little bit uh, for NBA fans and myself included that now there will be a game six because that game six is scheduled for Sunday at 630. Who's going to be watching that? That is a it's such a bummer. And I think that's what's probably angered LeBron the most. LeBron wanted that game five win so bad because he would have had the whole sports night to himself. I would have led my show with LeBron James and all the amazing stats of LeBron uh, fourth ring, third different team, fifth head coach, all the things that make LeBron uh, have, that have put together for LeBron, which arguably certainly when he's done the greatest NBA career of all time by the second greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, but now we got to wait till Sunday and all those things still stay the same. 
But it's going to happen on NFL Sunday where we got a primetime matchup of Vikings and and Seahawks and all this other stuff. So that's, that game's going to get lost. But I am happy that Game 6 happened on that big stage for one individual, and that's Jimmy Butler. Now, the Heat certainly are in this series because they play great team basketball. Uh, and the Heat are have embraced a superstar in Jimmy Butler. And, and, and this is what great organizations do. Great organizations like the Miami Heat, Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, Mickey Harrison, their owner, they see a talent like Jimmy Butler. And what do they do? They say, no, 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 we're going to build around this guy. Because there's only one LeBron, there's only one Kawhi, there's only one KD. There, there's very little of those guys. There's only like five guys. But then you have a guy like Jimmy Butler, who is a very, very good NBA player, a top 10 talent in the NBA. But he has a drive and a tenacity that is Kobe and LeBron uh, and Michael esque. Kobe and Michael esque. That you do not see as much in today's NBA, where it's, you know, Russell Westbrook has it, but he doesn't have necessarily the skill set that it, it, it fits well with. A wing player like Kobe, like MJ with insane tenacity and drive and fight and dog with a very high skill level. Not as high as the elite of the elite, but very high. So what do they do? They built a brilliant organization around him. Surround him with shooters who are dogs, fighters in in Robinson, Hero, a young point guard who's who's got a massive chip on his shoulder with none, a veteran uh, star point guard who has been left for dead as he's aged in Dragic, a young big who runs the floor who's a modern day big in Bam Adebayo, and then a very nice bench to help them win forty to uh, forty five to fifty games in the regular season. The Bulls gave up on Jimmy Butler because the Bulls didn't want to build that way, and they thought the only way to build from the Garpex era was to try to get a LeBron James in the draft, and we've seen how that's worked, right? The Timberwolves gave up on Jimmy Butler because their young players, Wiggins and Towns, were like, this guy's kind of mean, and he works really hard. And so they gave up on Jimmy Butler to build around the young guys who, he works too hard, and you see where the Timberwolves are at, right? The 76ers gave up on Jimmy Butler because even though they liked Jimmy Butler and their star player, Joel Embiid, liked Jimmy Butler, they were like, you know what? We we still Simmons doesn't love him, and and we want Simmons and Embiid because we drafted them. And uh, Tobias Harris wants a lot of money. We'll just pay Tobias Harris because he he shoots threes a little bit better than Jimmy Butler. So here we have Jimmy Butler then get embraced by the Miami Heat organization, and they've shown you that hey, if you find a special a dog like Jimmy Butler, and we could build on a, a different way to build a very competitive championship caliber team. And this leads to my next point. While Jimmy Butler may not be as talented as James Harden, he may not be as talented as Carl Anthony Towns, Dame Lillard, some of these other guys. I am now at the point in time what I've seen from Jimmy Butler. If I were given a franchise right now, if I would get you completely franchise draft, you know, talking about total fantasy draft, where I could have my pick of the guys to start a team in this league. 
there are only five players, maybe six, that you could convince me to take before Jimmy Butler. That's what Jimmy Butler has showed during this bubble in this playoffs. I would take LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, KD, Steph, and probably Luka ahead of Jimmy to build my franchise around right now for the next you know couple of years. Right now, three, four-year contract. I'd take LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, Steph, KD, and probably Luka. I'll throw Luka in there to build before I take Jimmy. And Luka, I would only take right now because Luka was the possibility then for 10-plus years. But if you're talking about a three-year window, I might take Jimmy over Luka. And then if you can build around, if you know you, the guy you're getting, and then you can build around him, the coach that fits with that guy, the the shooters, the players that fit with that guy, and you can win, you have a possibility, you can see, to win a championship in this league. I would take Jimmy to start my team right now over Harden, over AD, over Towns, over Embiid, over Russ, Dame, John Morant, Booker, Mitchell, uh, Jokic, Tatum. Tatum's close. I don't see the dog in Tatum that I see even in Luka and Kyrie for sure. Uh, and so kudos to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler deserves this. He's earned it. I love Jimmy Butler. Happy for him. I still got the heat winning. I still got the Lakers win this year's probably in six, uh, if not definitely in seven. And we'll see if I'm wrong. Maybe Jimmy will really pull this thing out, and we'll, uh, I'll love to talk about it next week. Uh, that is Hesman Headline 1 and 2. You're listening on the Mark here News Talk 1070 KHMO, KHMO app. When we come back, week five NFL preview, we'll dive into it. We're live and local on this gorgeous Saturday morning in beautiful downtown Hannibal. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. You pledged your life to serve, to make our country stronger, safer, more free, more equal. You worked tirelessly, made sacrifices, missed first steps and birthdays, lost loved ones. At VA, we don't see the setbacks endured. We see lessons applied and passion driving you upward and forward. We don't see all the masks you wear, but we hope you can set some aside. We embrace your uniqueness and won't trivialize your past, your fears, or your hardships. We can't promise to heal all wounds or wash away all trauma, but we do see hope, a path forward, a future. We see all veterans. We see you. An opportunity to help you achieve a new mission, whatever that may be. Learn how treatment works and recovery is possible. Visit maketheconnection.net. You're listening to Doug, Jen, and Victoria. I haven't worn a dress for a while. Maybe you ladies appreciate this little household tip. Pin a small safety pin to the seam of your slip, and you won't have any clingy skirt or dress. Well, it's been a while since any of us have worn a slip, probably. A slip? What are we, 1965? <laughs> Where'd you get this email? People, people don't They're use Spanx wear now, Doug. Anymore? We wear Spanx. What's a Spank? Spanx oh, are like, they suck everything in. They're like a modern-day girdle. Okay. Surprise when you take them so off. So much for my great. This is the DJV Show. Seven days a week on KHMO. Hey folks, this is Robert Carey inviting you to join Mary, Rudy, and me each Sunday as we talk to travel newsmakers, share insider tips, and experience the world of travel together on your RM World Travel Connection. 9 to 11 on KHMO and KHMORadio.com. KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. 
Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Go say hi to Jason Buxman, uh, the Mr. and Mrs. team, Larry Diesel, all the great sales staff over there at Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy, right across from the village. And tell them Mark sent you. Join the Cunis family like I have. Best decision I made in a crazy 2020. Uh, go to CunisQuincy.com. Faith, family, giving back. They live it. They breathe it. That's Cunis Country. All right. Uh, week 5 NFL preview. Let us dive into uh, uh, week five, I will give you my upset, my lock, and my toss-up of the week as we go through. Uh, let's look at the big slate of Sunday games. Oh, this is the first bye week of the NFL season. It's crazy that we already had bye weeks. Uh, seems like it's flying by the NFL season. Uh, the Packers and the Lions are on the bye this week. Uh, let's start with the beginning. Panthers-Falcons, 0-4 Falcons, 2-2 two two Panthers. Uh, I like the Panthers in this game. Uh, the Panthers have been uh, sneakily really putting together a pretty good season under rookie head coach Matt Rule. This is in Atlanta. Atlanta's defense is so embarrassingly bad. I just don't see them getting any better. Still no Christian McCaffrey, I think, in this game. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater, we, it's time to, for him to get a little bit of credit. Uh, you can get some good value on this game, I think, as well. Uh, the Panthers, uh, I think, are, are, are uh, dogs. And so uh, I like the Panthers. Uh, don't want to think too much into it. It's more of a Falcons defense is that bad. I refuse to pick the Falcons anymore unless maybe they're playing like the Jags or the Bengals. I mean, even then it would be close. Falcons defense is just hot garbage. Raiders and Chiefs. You can listen to this one on our sister station, 97.9 Kick FM, noon kickoff. I love the Chiefs in this game. The Raiders coming back down to earth after that big New Orleans Monday night win. And, and let's be honest, you know, New Orleans also shown that they just may not be as great as we think they are, uh, we, we were at the beginning of the season. Uh, Chiefs, I don't know if they cover the 12, the minus 12. It's a big number to cover. Uh, but I, I, I like the Chiefs. Love uh, Patrick Mahomes' this offense. You know, I think they're going to come out with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, too, offensively, because they were really stymied by the Patriots. Uh, and the Raiders' defense is not good. Uh, look for this to be featuring a lot of running backs. Uh, Jacobs and Clyde's Edward, Edwards-Alaire. Uh, I love the running backs in this in this matchup. Maybe not as high scoring as you think, because I think both teams will uh, use the run a lot. But I think the Chiefs uh, certainly will be in control of this game beginning to start to finish. Cardinals Jets. Uh, this is a big one for the Cardinals. The Cardinals started hot two and zero. They fall into two and two. Offensively has struggled. Uh, now they are at the Jets, so this is one of those uh, long travel. But for the Cardinals, you know, for a lot of team people, sleeper pick. Ooh, I got the Cardinals making a wild card spot. I did not. The Jets are historically bad, and this one might look really bad. I, you know, if the Cardinals win, none of us will be like, oh, shocked, surprised, because the Jets are that bad. But if the Cardinals lose, this will be one of those where a lot of pundits Monday morning will start talking about what's going on in Arizona. We all like Kyler Murray. Why isn't this working with Cliff Kingsbury? You can't lose it. So the pressure is on the Cardinals, and this will be interesting to see. I like the Cardinals just because the Jets are so, so bad, pathetically bad. And uh, and, and so, but more pressure on the Cardinals. So that's the storyline to kind of watch out for in this game. If the Cardinals lose, what's going on? They've lost three straight if they lose. Eagles-Steelers. Uh, this one will be a fascinating watch. This one will definitely get my eyeballs in the noon window uh, because I like the Eagles uh, 
offense and they were able uh, what they were able to do at least against a good San Francisco 49ers defense on the road. Now here's the difference. The Steelers do have their guys up front. They have what? They have Dupree. Uh the Steelers front seven is no joke. Against that Eagles offensive line, I, I really don't think that is going to bode well at all for Carson Wentz. Still not getting guys back healthy enough. The Steelers have are fresh because they missed their game against the Titans. I think the Steelers come out in this. Uh, I think it's low scoring. I think the Steelers offense might be a little rusty after that kind of surprise miss of time and that surprise early bye week. Uh, so don't be shocked. If Steelers are a little rusty early, they pull away late, and this defense just eats that Eagles offensive line up alive. I love the Steelers in this game, and I even think I like the Steelers to cover in this game. They're uh, giving up a touchdown, minus seven. Um, the uh, I haven't hit any of my... No, no okay, we're so good. Uh, Rams in Washington. Uh, this is one of those that's going to be weird. What did I say at the beginning of the year? Spark game. Washington's got all that emotion uh, with Ron Rivera. They have emotion again going out. New quarterback, Allen, uh, who uh, Kyle Allen, who he, uh, Rivera brings with him from uh, uh, Carolina. I think that Washington is going to move the ball more effectively. I don't think the Rams cover the seven, but I do like the Rams still to win this game. Chase Young is back. That's great news for Washington, but I like the Rams offensive line. I like the Rams. Uh, you know, they lost to a very good bills team. Otherwise three and one, they're moving the ball. Well, they're running the ball. Well, uh, their, their offense is efficient. There could be some weather in this game, some rain. I like Washington. I like, uh, excuse me, the Rams to take care of Washington. I don't know if they cover the seven though. Bengals Ravens, uh, burrow. Can he survive against this Ravens pass rush with that makeshift offensive line? I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting to watch the Ravens. I trust what I've seen from the Ravens last year and this year. What have we seen from the Ravens? If they're a lesser talented team they're playing against, they will win. They will eat them alive. I don't know if they eat them alive by 12. I think Burrow's scrappy and maybe only loses by 10 or 7. So if you're looking for a line, that might be a nice one to take. The points there are the Bengals getting 12. Uh, so uh, if you can find that value, maybe take it. But I think the Ravens take care of business, get a win. Jaguars-Texans, this is my lock of the week for Houston. I think Houston, the Jags now are in full-on uh, not playing well kind of tank mode. Houston is in we have to be better than this mode. You fire the coach. There's going to be a lot of emotion. I think they come out hot. They maybe are up 10 nothing, and then it gets to like 13, 14, even the Jags get, get going. But I think Houston pulls away. Watson, this offense, I think you're going to see inspired football. It's not going to be pretty football, but inspired football. I think J.J. Watt plays inspired as well against the Jags offensive line that is not great. I like the Texans. I don't like them covering the five and a half, but I like the Texans in my lock of the week. Dolphins, Niners. This one could also be my lock of the week for the Niners, uh, but I'll, I'll go with the Houston Texans over the Jags. I love that the Niners are getting Jimmy G back. The Dolphins got to tra travel all the way to San Francisco. As long as the Dolphins are still starting Fitzmagic and it's not a standalone game where Fitzmagic can be Fitzmagic, I ain't taking the Dolphins. Love the Niners here uh, to get to 3-2 and two with a win over the Dolphins. Colts-Browns is my toss-up of the week. These are two teams that are pretty much identical. They love to run the ball. They're playing good defense. I think the Colts defense is playing better than the Browns. Uh, but the Browns have faced some better offenses. 
uh, with the Ravens, uh, you know, early on in the year and with the Cowboys offense taking up a ton of yards. So stats are maybe a little misleading. I like the Colts in this game just because I think they're a better football team. They are have a better defensive unit. And uh, the Browns are still the Browns. So the Browns are coming off of a big win against the Cowboys emotionally. The Colts defense, I think they'll be able to slow down uh, Baker when he uh, and the explosive plays that you saw that the uh, Browns got against a bad, bad bottom of the league uh, Cowboys defense. I'll take the Colts. The line is even. I think it deserves to be even. In some places, I think you're getting Indy plus one. I'd stay away from this game with a 10-foot pole unless you have a strong feeling on just a money line. You like one team or the other. I'll lean towards the Colts, but it's my toss-up of the week. Giants-Cowboys upset of the week. Giants don't win the game, but I think they cover the 8.5. I think this game is close. The Giants offense has only scored three touchdowns. I know. They're pathetic. But the Cowboys defense is just what the doctor ordered for pathetic offenses. Uh, And so I like the Cowboys to win, but I like the Giants to cover. Cowboys, uh, they have to win. Again, the pressure's on them. They have to win. They have to, have to, have to win. If they don't, then then uh, I don't know what the headlines are like Monday. I, I, I can't wait to see if the Cowboys lose. I'll put it that way. The entertainment value of the Cowboys losing, I can't wait to see. I'll take the Giants to cover in an upset, but they do not win the game. Uh, Seahawks, Vikings, love the Vikings. I love the Vikings to implode because it's uh, Kirk Cousins on in a primetime game. Simple as that. I think this is going to be fairly low scoring, actually. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. There's definitely rain concerns. Um, low scoring, meaning I don't know if there's explosive plays. I like the Seahawks uh, to take care of business easily. I even think the Seahawks probably cover. They're getting seven. I think they cover. Love the Seahawks in this spot at home in primetime against Kirk Cousins, who is absolute poop in primetime. Uh, finally, Monday game, we got a double header. Broncos, Pats early. Love the Pats. Don't think too much about it. The Broncos offense, pathetic. Patriots, even though they'll be without Cam Newton, I think they're gonna, uh, they'll finally start Stidham. Get out of here, Brian Hoyer. We do not need to see Brian Hoyer ever again to start an NFL football game. Give me Stidham. Give me the Pats. Uh, better defense. Uh, offensively, I think I even trust them more than the Broncos right now. And the Broncos traveling, weird 4 o'clock starting on Monday. It's going to be weird. Patriots will be prepared for it. I don't think the Broncos will. Chargers, Saints. Give me the Saints at home on Monday night in the Dome. Hurricane ravaging through uh, New Orleans. A lot of emotion in this game. They almost had to move this game. I love Herbert. Love, 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 love Herbert. And I think I, I can't wait to, for him to get a chance to shine on Monday night football. I think they cover. It's eight and a half. It's a silly number. I think they cover easy, the Chargers. I think it's a, a three-point game. Saints win, but uh, but Chargers cover big. And then, as of right now, we have Tuesday night football, Bills, Titans. I love the Bills this game. Titans haven't been practicing. The COVID concerns, not going to have all their pieces. Bills are a very good football team. I think the Bills take care of the Titans pretty easily. There you go. That is your Week 5 NFL preview. Hold me to it. We'll look at it uh, next week when we get to it. You're listening on The Mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. Brought to you by Cunis Country, Honda Hyundai, Faith Family, Giving Back. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Espin. MLB Playoffs, we'll talk it coming up next. If you're a guy turning 18, you need to register with the Selective Service System. It's the law, and we wanted to make absolutely sure you get the message so we brought in someone we knew you'd pay attention to. 50 
push-ups. Uh, hey, coach. Get on that computer. SSS.gov. Not fast enough. 50 jumping jacks. It's for your own good, because not registering with Selective Service could cost you a shot at college loans and grants, federal jobs, job training, and in most states, it could even cost you a driver's license. I'm talking to you! Run that hill! 50 hills! Go to SSS.gov to register with Selective Service. Two minutes and you're done. It's just something you have to do. Pick up the pace! 50 ballet jumps over the alligator pit! Register with Selective Service at SSS.gov within 30 days of turning 18. If you don't, the consequences could be ugly. Don't you smirk at me! 50 belly flops into moving traffic! Every day, Doctors Without Borders teams confront hard facts in conflict and crisis zones. When others might look away, we step in to act. Because measles still kills more than 100,000 children every year. We're there to vaccinate over a million worldwide, including those affected by the current outbreak in Democratic Republic of Congo. Because half of all maternal deaths occur during delivery or within 24 hours, we've assisted more than 1.4 million births around the world, including care for new mothers in Afghanistan. Because some countries only have one or two mental health professionals, we offer counseling and clinical care, providing over 400,000 mental health consultations worldwide last year including care for migrants and refugees on the dangerous journey north from Central America. The fact is, your acts of care and compassion make our life-saving work possible. Picture the impact we can have together. DoctorsWithoutBorders.org Our veterans risked it all to protect our freedom. One of the best ways to say thank you is to volunteer to support them. At a time in history where kindness is a virtue, volunteering at a therapy bag event, teaching a craft class, or simply helping veterans at a hospital means a lot. For over 47 years, Help Heal Veterans, a not-for-profit organization with the support of citizens like you, has created, manufactured, and distributed therapeutic art and crafts projects for our veterans and military at no charge to them. As a national veteran service organization, Help Heal Veterans supports VA hospitals, patients at home, and our active military. Together, Help Heal Veterans and volunteers like you have delivered over 32 million therapy kits to injured and recovering veterans. To volunteer or learn more, visit HealVets.org. That's HealVets.org. Not all kids with crooked teeth can afford braces. Luckily, there's donated orthodontic services from the American Association of Orthodontists. Kids who qualify can be matched with a volunteer orthodontist. Visit AAOinfo.org. You've got a lot with a high of 83. Southwesterly winds, 5 to 10 miles per hour. Partly cloudy skies tonight, lows around 61. A blend of clouds and sun again tomorrow, high of 81. Turning cooler Monday and Tuesday with highs from the low 70s to the mid 70s. Chance for scattered showers Monday, right now 64. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app, wherever you may be listening. Gorgeous morning here in the Tri-States and On the Mark is brought to you by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai. Over 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from. It's simple. If you're looking to trade in a vehicle, buy a new vehicle, in the vehicle market whatsoever, you got to go check out Cunis Country, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Country. Tell them Mark sent you. Go to CunisQuincy.com. All right. Uh, the MLB playoffs. Uh, we now have our 
CSs, the ALCS Houston versus Tampa. Thanks a lot, Yankees. Couldn't keep up your end of the bargain. We want a Yankees Dodgers. That's what I predicted. Yankees couldn't keep up their end of the bargain. They they their offense was explosive in those first couple games, and it, it you know it failed when they needed it most. You know, only scoring one run in a pivotal game six, and uh, sometimes you live by the homer, you die by the homer, and that's certainly what happened to the Yankees last night. Uh, for uh, Tampa, a great story for Tampa. Again, you see all those great you know things online, like oh, the whole Tampa starting. Uh, nine is less money than Garrett Cole's contract, all that stuff. You know, that stuff, you just love to see it. That's fun baseball stuff. Uh, And then in the NLDS, Atlanta versus uh, LA, these were the two best teams in the NL for most of the year, the Dodgers especially. Very excited to watch that series. I think that's going to be very good. A lot of star power in that one. Uh, I expect the Dodgers to take care of business. Now, can I say this about Houston? And I don't want to spend too much time on it, you know, and, and I'm not Mr. Baseball expert here. But let's just be honest about Houston right now. This is frustrating. I, as a baseball fan, am angry what I'm seeing from Houston because Houston is now, from all intents and purposes, we know they're not cheating, right? It can't be cheating. Maybe they are, and it'll come out that they are still cheating. But this was the year that Houston was supposed to be embarrassed. We we're supposed to shun them. And I still think over a 162-game season, that would have happened. Because Houston only made the playoffs. They were under 500. They only made the playoffs because half the league made the playoffs, more than half the league. And now they have guys with experience, big-time players, making big-time plays, hitting the ball really well. So I, I, I'm i so anti-Houston. I'm sick of seeing Altuve and Springer. Get them off my TV. As much as I love Dusty, and, and this, I do feel good for Dusty in this moment. Tampa Bay, I hope, crushes Houston. Get rid of them. Let's get done with this Houston story. And uh, and and if you're a Dodgers fan, do you want Houston? Do you not want Houston? Do you want Houston? Do you want to embarrass them and smoke them? Or do you fear losing to Houston again? Gives you your only claim that, hey, we should have won that title because Houston is cheating. I don't know. It's fascinating storylines in the MLB this year with Houston uh, playing as well as they are. Uh, it's something to watch. I'll take uh, Tampa Bay and Dodgers in the World Series. We'll see how it goes. It's exciting to watch. It's going to be nice to watch here over the week as you, you know, ba- basketball is going to be ending here soon and uh, crazy now. Football Monday, doubleheader th- Tuesday. It, sports is all over the map. Uh, when we come back, a uh, full slate of college football today, break down some of the big matchups and uh, talk a little NASCAR to wrap up the show. Live and local on KHMO. It's on the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO, brought to you by Cunis Country. Since nine. I'm Giovanni Smith. Welcome to Heartbeat. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. In anything that we do, we can be sure that God will be right there helping us along the way. Even when we grow weary, tired, and frustrated, the Lord strengthens us. Personally, I'm not the strongest individual in the world, but knowing that my Lord and Savior is by my side, carrying my weight, makes me a better person. I lean on to Him for strength because I know He wants the best for me. Heartbeat is brought to you by the Salvation Army. it on.
This time of upheaval is causing me to look a little deeper inside myself, looking for some goodness. And this is what I've found. I'm more aware of my neighbor's well-being. I'm saying thanks to those who help keep my life as normal as possible. My mail carrier, my grocery cashier, my delivery person. I find myself caring about others instead of just looking out for myself. And oh, my goodness, does it feel good. Goodness is in you. Pass it on. From PassItOn.com. We're KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO. Brought to you by Cunis Country Faith Family Giving Back, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you join the Cunis family like I have. It is uh, the best decision I made in 2020. All right, I want to wrap up the show here really quickly. Big slate of college football today. Uh, number four, Florida versus Texas A&M. Uh, Virginia, number 19, uh, Virginia Tech uh, versus North Carolina, number eight. Uh, Mizzou, which is going to be following uh, me on here. We're going to join the pregame here in just a couple minutes. Uh, hosting number 17, LSU. Texas, Oklahoma, the Red River, Red River rivalry. Big games night. 14, Tennessee versus number three, Georgia. Is Tennessee for real? We'll certainly find out as they head to Georgia. Seven, Miami at one, Clemson. And then Alabama, Ole Miss in the in the nightcap. I uh, can't wait to watch all this, especially uh, Saban, versus uh, Kiffin in, uh, you know, can he stay undefeated against his, his former assistants? Is old, uh, can Ole Miss upset Alabama? Love that the MAC is back. The Mid-American Conference announced they're back. My NIU Huskies, I think it's a short, like, six-game schedule. And they're only going to be playing games on, like, Wednesday nights, which is so brilliant. Again, as baseball goes away, uh, base, basketball goes away, you just have NFL. And then if you put yourself on Wednesday, and Wednesday nights, you're going to own that night of the week. Uh, I think it's brilliant. NASCAR at Charlotte, uh, 1.30 tomorrow. Clint Boyer, congrats on the retirement. Can he make it into the playoffs? So it's the uh, the cutoffs at 8 uh, right now. Uh, Hamlin and Bush are in. They won races. They're in. They're moving on to the 8. Uh, my guy, Brad Keselowski, holding tight there. Holding tight, middle of the pack there as they're uh, trying to get into the in the eight, in the in the top 8. Uh, but yeah, big names. Kyle Bush, Austin Dillon. Clint Boyer, Eric Amarola, all trying to make it into the top eight. Logano, Bowman, Truex Jr., right there near the cut line. Can't wait to watch that. One of the best things about the Bears playing Thursday Night Football is I will be able to have NFL on the main screen in my apartment tomorrow uh, tomorrow, and then NASCAR on the computer screen. That's a win. Such a win for me. Get to watch the NASCAR race in the afternoon hours. All right, everyone, thank you so much for joining me uh, this episode 57 of On the Mark. I think the first episode of me being 30 went pretty well. Bears, less bending and breaking, more being slightly aggressive, getting turnovers to help your bad offense. That's all I That's all I asked for, right? Uh, it's On the Mark. Thank you guys so much uh, for joining us, and uh, I will see you, of course, next week.